Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about the Moscow Mule. Yes. As always, with these cocktail hour episodes, drink responsibly. Yes, of course. And and even outside of these episodes, drink oh, responsibly. True. I'm glad you're always here to keep me honest, Lauren. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> and it's been a it's been a minute since we've done a cocktail hour episode, I think. It has been. Um I was was inspired to to do this one because um I I went out and had drinks with friends on a patio. <gasps> what? I know. And it was so lovely. And one of them ordered a Moscow Mule. And I was like, it has been a long time since we've done a cocktail hour. Did it come in the mug? It did not come in the mug. It came in a regular old glass. <sighs> Toss hands up in air. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting because you suggested this one after this lovely experience on a patio. And I had just received a bunch of, like, old advertisements, as sometimes happens with our job. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. About Moscow mules, like, from the 60s. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 
but by the way, if y'all hear any any purring or jingle jangling in the background, um, that is our third co-host for the day, uh, Miss Trudy Peru. Uh, mm-hmm. She is a cat. She is orange cat um, in the household of my two cats, gray cat and orange cat. And uh, and she's she's just chilling. And, you know, I don't feel like stopping her. So that's just what's happening today. That's what's happening today. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know why, but I keep thinking of <laughs> the trouble with Trudy. I, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know why the Star Trek thing is in my head, because I made another Star Trek reference right before this. But ah. that's all, it's all happening <laughs> okay. in my brain. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's, I mean, and Trudy is frequently a troublemaker. So yes, I think yes. this is appropriate. I saw, I got a good glimpse of half of her face in front of the computer <laughs> camera earlier. And then I heard her laying on top of the recorder. Despite Lauren's pleas to go away, perhaps with more expletives involved. There there are usually more expletives involved when it comes to these cats, um, who I love dearly. Mm -hmm. Um, But Moscow Mules, yes. But Moscow Mules. I went through a really brief but intense Moscow Mule phase. I can't honestly say why. I think I had one really good one at a restaurant and I was like, this was a thing and I haven't been drinking it. (laughs) And then after that, they were all kind of not, I mean, not subpar maybe, but subpar compared to that one. Yeah. Um, So it it was like a bright star that burned out very quickly. Oh yeah. They can, they can be a little bit cloying um, if they're, if they're made with a, with a less biting ginger beer, but, uh, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, uh, there, There are a bunch of related episodes, though, um, and I'm going to be talking about them uh, pretty much incessantly throughout the course of this of this episode. But um, but yeah, you can see our lime episode from April of 2019, our ginger episode from November of 2020. Furthermore, our Collins episode from April of 2020 and a hard look at soft drinks from November of 2017. I had to think about how far away that was. When we were just tiny little podcasting babies. Oh, so far we've come. (laughs) (laughs) And yet the puns are still there. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. Have not tired ourselves out yet. Not yet. And I doubt ever. Uh (laughs) All right, let's get to our question. Yes. The Moscow Mule. What is it? Well, uh, the Moscow Mule is a straightforward cocktail made of vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice, served on ice and uh, typically with a lime garnish in a copper mug. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's let's break that down a little bit. Yeah. Um. So vodka is a clear, mostly neutral tasting liquor with a watery consistency. Um, It's got a burn on the palate due to the alcohol content and maybe a little bit of sweetness, um, maybe some tiny bits of flavor in there, but it's it's pretty nondescript overall. Um, And I looked this up while while reading for this episode. Um, Alcohol burns because it apparently lowers like the trigger point of heat receptors in your mouth. From somewhere around 107 Fahrenheit, that's 42 Celsius, all the way down to like 93 Fahrenheit or 34 Celsius, which, if you're keeping track, is below your body temperature. So for a few seconds, while the alcohol is messing with those heat receptors, your mouth is reporting that it's actually on fire. Oh, 
interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right? Heck, yeah. It's, it's those same heat receptors that we talk about when we talk about uh, capsaicin. So, and meanwhile, uh, it feels warm alcohol in your uh, throat and stomach because it's dilating the blood vessels there. Oh. See, I'm glad you put this in here because I didn't know that, first of all. But secondly, way back when we first started, and Lauren, you, I think you probably lucked out that I never bought this cocktail to D&D, <laughs> but I had a flaming cocktail. Oh. And I had to learn, like, different points, <laughs> different alcohols that you could use to make this flaming cocktail safely. And I just got kind of curious about it. Yeah. <laughs> Went on a very mini rabbit hole and then was like, oh, maybe one day we'll do an episode on this. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, de- definitely flaming flaming cocktails would be an interesting one. Um also, yes, I I just Annie Annie you're very dear to me and <laughs> I the amount of accident prone that you are makes me feel like probably flaming cocktails is not a category <laughs> that you should really pursue often or deeply. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I uh, I had a brief period. It worked out well for a minute, and then I learned that even glasses that say they are heat resistant and won't explode very well might. Oh so, my goodness! Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, with my point thus, <laughs> if not proven, at least proven adjacent. Um, <laughs> let's continue with our outline. Fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, ginger beer is, uh, is a generally non-alcoholic carbonated beverage made with water, ginger root, and a sweetener of some kind. It was traditionally brewed using friendly yeasts to create the carbonation, but these days may be manufactured. Um, ginger has, has that pungent, spicy, sweet smell and taste. It also feels warm on the palate, um, and it tastes kind of, yeah, citrusy and, like, peppery, maybe a little bit resinous or piney, and... Carbonation in a beverage also brings in a type of artificial heat. Uh, carbon dioxide bubbles trigger um, specialized nerve cells in the nasal cavity, which are the same ones that register the burn of like horseradish and mustard. It also tastes, uh, carbonated beverages taste a little bit acidic or sour to us. Um, lime is, of course, a tart and slightly sweet and slightly bitter citrus fruit. Um, the acid really pops on your tongue. So... If you mix vodka and ginger beer and lime together in a copper mug or a plain old glass and then add some cubed and or crushed ice, the result is this uh, cooling and warming, refreshing, fizzy drink that really just kicks your palate with heat and tartness, um, tempered by sweetness and a hint of bitter. It's a really fun, really simple drink and can be just like dangerously quaffable. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, uh, how much of those kind of heat elements are in that one. Yeah. Really exciting for your your tongue and your mouth. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some recipes do add some simple syrup, uh, which is just 50-50 sugar and water melted together into a syrup. Uh, but, you know, your mileage may vary. And this is in a category of cocktails that was traditionally called a buck, which is just the term for, for any cocktail made primarily of ginger ale or ginger beer mixed with a liquor and a citrus juice. However, uh, the popularity of the Moscow Mule in particular 
has made the term mule more common these days than buck. And you can find all kinds of variants on the mule called different cute things, like um, the bohemian mule, which swaps out vodka for absinthe, or the gin gin mule, which is ginger and gin. Yeah, gin gin. Ah, yeah. yeah. So cute. <laughs> um, but what about the copper mug? What about it? Okay. To be honest, I think the primary reason that this cocktail is served in these shiny burnished copper mugs is that it's good marketing and they're pretty. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you're in a bar and a server carries one by, it's attention catching and like you want one. Like, what's that cute thing? I want that cute thing. Bring me one of those. Um, That being said, copper is, uh, is, is neat in that it's a lot more heat conducive um, or conductive rather than, than, than glass. So it feels really cold to the touch. Like when you touch it, it pulls some of the heat from your fingertips um, in a way that glass does not. There is a lot of marketing info out there about copper like enhancing flavors or enhancing carbonation or reflecting light and thus staying cooler longer, but I couldn't really find any solid science to back all of that up. Right, yeah. I've definitely heard those claims before. The light can't get in, and therefore. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that in in for for like all practical results at normal room temperature under normal drinking conditions, it's not making that drastic of a difference. But but I I don't know. I'm not a chemist um, or a <laughs> physicist. I'm certainly not both. Well, we'll never. We'll never get to the bottom of this <laughs> copper mug <laughs> Moscow mule conundrum then. Not at this rate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what about the nutrition? Yeah, drink responsibly. Yep. <laughs> it depends. It depends on the type of ginger beer or ginger ale, or uh, if you add simple syrup. Like it, it can be relatively light um, in 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 calories. But yeah, just just watch yourself. Drink drink a water too. Always hydrate. Always hydrate. We do have some numbers for you. We do. The Moscow Mule has had its ups and downs, but it is currently one of the most well-known cocktails in the world. From 2014 to 2015, many placement of the Moscow Mule in the U.S. rose about 60%, and in 2014, the drink made up 7% of all bar orders. Obviously, that's not... It would be hard to uh, get a a read on all bars and all orders, but this is what these surveys said. Yeah, yes. I I will say that the New Orleans uh, Festival and Trade Conference, Tales of the Cocktail, named 2016 the Year of the Mule. (laughs) Year of the Mule. Yeah. (laughs) I read somewhere 2017 was a really big year for it, too. Yeah. It was one of the cocktails people were getting. Mm -hmm. Apparently, in a recent episode of the Hulu show The Great, which is about Catherine the Great of Russia, her lover Leo created the drink in this show. And as Catherine was trying it, she realized she was late to the cool meeting. So she hopped on a mule (laughs) (laughs) to get there quickly. And that's where the name comes from. Fun, but yeah, not true at all. Yeah, well, it's it's not a historically accurate show that's not right. that's not what they're that's going not what for. they're going it's for, a yeah. it, it's a comedy yeah yes absolutely uh, a lawyer apparently ordered a moscow mule at during lunch in the tv show better call Saul. cool <laughs> cool well i haven't seen that episode but i feel like that's trying to communicate a lot 
<laughs> future, a different type of research for yes. a later date. Yes. Um, we do have some history for you. We do, but first we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) 
Westholm offers these beautifully marbled stakes because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Uh... So, the way that all of these ingredients for the Moscow Mule got to Los Angeles, which is probably where the Moscow Mule was basically invented, um, all of these can be, and in some cases already are, different episodes. Um, uh, For example, as we discuss in our Collins and uh, gin and tonic episodes, and probably other cocktail hours that I'm forgetting about, um, lime was a common ingredient in early cocktails, basically thanks to scurvy, because during the era of colonization, uh, sailors and other folks warded off scurvy with citrus, and it got mixed into these uh, curative drinks along with liquors and other medicinal stuff like, for example, quinine. And ginger which can be, and has certainly been used as, um, a digestive aid. Ginger beer developed in European cultures around the 1700s with the British control of the Caribbean, where a lot of ginger was grown. Carbonated beverages were also generally thought to be healthful. Uh, Soda fountains originally developed in the 1800s alongside pharmacies as a method of dispensing medications. And uh, this eventually, by the end of the 1800s, led to the creation of all kinds of cocktails, both alcoholic and non, um, from soda jerks and bartenders and other interested parties, like the Collins, uh, which is a sparkling lemonade spiked with liquor, or the uh, Horse's Neck, which was originally just a non-alcoholic ginger beer or ginger ale and a long strip of lemon peel. Um, Today, it does contain liquor as well. If you ordered a horse's neck expecting a non-alcoholic drink, that's probably not what you would receive. Um, uh, But from that horse's neck, variations arose, like the Scotch Lassie, which uh, is made from whiskey, lime juice, and ginger beer. Yes. Which, right, is basically a Moscow Mule minus the vodka. Uh, Vodka, different episode. Definitely. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, my heck. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, originated somewhere in Eastern Europe in, say, the 1300s or thereabouts. Made its way to the United States via France after World War II. Um, oh, and ice. Ice. Uh, another episode tie-in. Yeah. Uh, because by the middle of the 20th century, um, the technology necessary to freeze water cheaply and easily had become pretty widely available in the United States. Um, you can see our ice episode for lots more on that. Mm-hmm. But so, we have all these ingredients and historical predecessors, but how did the Moscow Mule itself come together? There's a kick in the ass pun here. (laughs) That I'm sure has been made. (laughs) Always, always got to have those pun wheels turning. Oh, oh, I would expect nothing less. Yes. (laughs) 
Um, so yes, this is another cocktail hour, another episode full of competing origin stories for a drink that's probably been around basically for longer than any of these claims. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. But okay. Claim one. The Moscow Mule was invented in, or at least by 1941, by John G. Martin of J.F. Hubline and Brothers, which was a company that imported food and spirits and reportedly made A1 popular in the United States. Huh. Along with John Jack Morgan, no, not that one, um, owner of the <laughs> L.A. British pub Cock and Bull. Towards the end of the 1930s, Morgan purchased the rights to Smirnoff Vodka for Hubline. Um, it had been on the verge of bankruptcy, uh, Smirnoff had, after the Russian Revolution oh. and moving to America. Um, and, and so it was moved to America, and Hubline purchased it for $14,000. However... He had a problem. Americans were pretty wary of drinking vodka. <laughs> um, it wasn't really something people drank in the U.S. at the time. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, he had ordered way too much of ginger beer, and he was looking to use it up. Or possibly this was Morgan's own brand of ginger beer. There's a lot of confusion, even within each confusing. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> to try to follow up all these loose ends and never was elucidated to me. Yeah, yeah. The stories um, are slippery. They are quite slippery. And further, allegedly, Morgan's then-girlfriend, Ocelene Schmidt, owned a company that made copper mugs, which is where the copper mugs came in. Or maybe not. Um, or maybe it wasn't his girlfriend, <laughs> even if that is true at all. <laughs> All right, so this seems to largely come from the Moscow Copper website, which is a business, so grain of salt. Mm -hmm. uh, but the story goes thusly. A woman named Sophie Berzinski traveled to the U.S. in 1941 with 2,000 copper mugs. Her father owned the Moscow Copper Company, and she had created the design for this mug that we all associate with the Moscow Mule, again, according to the company website. <laughs> However... They were having trouble selling these mugs in Russia, so Sophie made the journey to the U.S. with the mugs in an attempt to sell them. In the site's version of the story, Sophie's husband threatened to throw them out if she didn't get them out of the house. Like they were just cluttering up the house, these 2,000 mugs, and he was <laughs> like, I don't care what you do, just, just get them out. Exactly. <laughs> and she didn't want to see her products go away, so she went from door to door in Hollywood trying to find a buyer for them. Eventually, she ended up at the Cock and Bull Bar on Sunset Boulevard. In this version of the tale, Martin was still struggling to sell Smirnoff. Morgan was still struggling to sell his ginger beer. Sophie was struggling to sell her mugs. And the story gets even murkier here. It, it sort of hops to them all working together to craft a drink that would solve all their problems. It sort of felt like she stumbled in and the two dudes had been like, commiserating over a drink perhaps of what can we do to solve our problems <laughs> and then I don't know that was just a vibe I got <laughs> so they ideated and experimented eventually arriving at the Moscow Mule a mixture of Smirnoff vodka Morgan's ginger beer contained in Sophie's copper mugs with a squeeze of lemon and ice the name came soon after either because of Sophie or because the vodka was from Russia while the ginger beer gave it a kick like a mule. Again, this is all according kind, to this. Kind of yeah. hearsay, yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Morgan allegedly called the whole process, however it happened, as, quote, shoving toward inventive genius. (laughs) (laughs) Alternate version, Uh the cup was a marketing attempt by Martin to show off the Smirnoff. He would take them to bars to try to sell the vodka and take two pictures of bartenders holding both items, leaving one of the pictures with them to display. And this marketing ploy, if it's true, seemed to have worked, also cementing the copper mug as the popper cup for the drink. The cock and bull served beer and copper mugs as well, so makes sense. Okay, yeah, and uh, and this this was all when uh, Polaroid cameras, which was the type of camera that he was uh, supposedly using, um, were pretty new. I think that they were uh, forty seven or forty nine thereabouts, um, mm-hmm. and so so it was like the whole the whole process was flashy, and I didn't intend either of those puns, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Here, oh, yay, yay! And I so, yeah, yeah. So he would he would take two snaps. He would he would leave one Polaroid with the bar that uh, that he took him at for display, and then mm-hmm. take the other one to another bar somewhere else and be like, "Isn't this heckin' great? Don't you want to be like this bartender?" And they would be like, "Oh yeah, um, yeah." <laughs> so, so yeah. Okay. So that is that is the first story. Yes. Let us move on to claim two. It was not invented by Jack Morgan, but instead a bartender at Cock and Bowl named Wes Price, also in 1941. In Price's words, quote, I just wanted to clean out the basement. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He later claimed, quote, it caught on like wildfire after he served it to actor Broderick Crawford. He resigned from the bar in 1953, saying he was never appreciated or compensated for his invention. Ah. Yes. And that brings us to claim three. Ah. (laughs) Yes. A 1948 article in the New York Herald Tribune posited that this drink was invented in Manhattan by the president of Hublin's Vodka Division and president of the Pierre Smirnoff Company, Rudolf Kunit. In this version, Kunit, Morgan, and Martin basically did the same thing, where they got tipsy, um, tried to solve each other's problems, and eventually arrived at the Moscow Mule. Here's a quote from that article. Martin and Cunet had their minds on their vodka and wondered what would happen if a two-ounce shot joined with Morgan's ginger beer and the squeeze of a lime. Ice was ordered, limes procured, mugs ushered in, and the concoction put together. Cups were raised, the men counted five, and down went the first taste. It was good. It lifted the spirit (laughs) to adventure. Four or five later, the mixture was christened the (laughs) Moscow Mule, and for a number of obvious reasons. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) hard to say which is true, but there are some common threads there. Yeah. 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 Uh, the first known recorded mention of the Moscow Mule appeared in 1942 in a syndicated newspaper called Inside Hollywood. Quote, there is a new drink that is a craze in the movie colony now. It is called Moscow Mule. Recipe, equal parts vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. With an exclamation point, so they were excited about it. <laughs> um, the records indicate it was being served in the classic mug by at least 1945. In 1948, copper mugs were specifically mentioned. And yeah, Woody Allen featured in several ads for Moscow Mules or Smirnoff Mules, as they were often called in the beginning, in the 1960s, among other 
uh, people that I think they, I, I hesitate to say celebrity because I didn't recognize them, but I think, you know, people knew who they were. <laughs> uh, at, at, at the time, yes. I forgive you. I, I would forgive any of us if we are not super up to date on our 1960s celebrities. Um, Thank you. Also, I do want to put in here, I didn't, I didn't give like an exact recipe back at the top, but I do not think that you should use equal parts vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer in this drink. That sounds like quite a bit of lime juice. <laughs> it does. Maybe like, like two parts vodka to three parts ginger beer and like a solid half to one part lime juice is what you're probably going for. <laughs> less less than one i'm i'm mm-hmm. guessing anyway who i just thinking about that is that is like a that sounds like a smoothie that i do not want <laughs> it would be very tangy that's it, for sure that would be it would it it would give you a pucker um but uh <laughs> pro- probably bartenders knew what was up and were <laughs> using better proportions because the popularity of the moscow mule was such that it like really bumped vodka sales in the United States and probably is what primed the market for the vodka martini craze that really took off in the 1970s. Oh. Um, and yeah, the, the Moscow Mule may have been partially inspired by a similar drink called the Mamie Taylor, named after the renowned opera singer. It was popular during 1900 to 1940 and was essentially the same, only the liquor involved was scotch instead of vodka. For a time, it was about as well known as the singer, and then it just really... I, I, from what I was reading, people were like, "No one makes this anymore." <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the popularity of the Moscow Mule re- really tanked it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so the the Mamie Taylor, which by the way is spelled differently than the Broadway singer spelled her name, but they didn't have Google back then, I guess. So so anyway, um, yes, yes, uh, the Mamie Taylor was originally called the Scotch Lassie as discussed above, and originated in the South back in the 1800s. So there you go. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Um, During the height of McCarthyism and the Cold War, there was a conspiracy theory that Smirnoff was involved in some anti-American movement, and some bars boycotted Smirnoff and therefore the Moscow and Smirnoff mule uh, because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1982, Hublin sold itself and Smirnoff to the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company for $1.4 billion, which is Ooh. a lot bigger amount than the 14000 <laughs> Yes. Just poor. There are a number of zeros that are different between those two numbers. The popularity of mules around 2016 or so um, was such that the Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Division of their of their health department released this this notice that pure copper mugs should not be used to serve acidic drinks as copper could leach into the drink and lead to copper poisoning. Uh, but chemists came out with relieving notices that to, to to leach like a dangerous amount of copper into a drink, pure lime juice would have to be sitting in a pure copper mug for a matter of hours. So, so you're probably fine. You're probably fine with your cocktail. Um, other sources, many of whom sell copper products, uh, simultaneously came out with articles about how copper infusions are good for you. Oh. Um, these are also basically false. <laughs> U- using, using copper mugs probably has neither 
any harm nor any benefit. What an emotional roller coaster you I'm, just took us on, Lauren. Sorry, it's the but that's that's how I felt going through the reading. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh, okay, oh, nothing so, to panic about. Yeah, it's fine. It should have been like a flat roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, track. yeah. But instead, there are all these ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever drives clicks, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and anyway, anyway, uh, a lot of uh, copper mugs are lined with different, less leachy metals anyway. So it's, it's, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That does sound like a, uh, <laughs> speaking of 60s movies, that sounds kind of to me like a, a noir film where the murder, it turns out, like, he left lime juice in the copper mug. <laughs> <laughs> 15 days. <laughs> it's a big twist at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, just I mean don't don't do that. Just don't no, don't do that probably. Do that. No. No good. No um, good. That is pretty impressive that the they had to release a public health statement about it cuz this drink was so popular. Was so popular. Wow. They were like we see what you're doing and it's bad. <laughs> a lot of ups and downs in this one. <laughs> Twists and turns. Mm-hmm. It was, this this has been a, a a true roller coaster of an episode. It really has. But alas, it's time to get off of this roller coaster for now. For now, uh, but we do have some listener mail for you. We do. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. 
the culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. <laughs> yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with roller coaster yeah (laughs) obviously i think we were on two different roller coasters but i but i think that Mm -hmm. we were like waving at each other from them that's like you're an old dueling dragons yeah yeah Yeah. that's what we were doing (laughs) (laughs) jeremiah wrote I continue to really enjoy listening to your show. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I just had a couple of thoughts about some recent episodes. First, Old Bay. It is a next-level popcorn seasoning. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, Second, Annie's puns are a damn delight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Third, (laughs) Lauren's vexation over stupid marketing terms like bone broth are something I resonate with deeply. I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Last, my son asked me the other day why there aren't more haikus about donuts. My response was to start writing them. Ahem. Bring me my coffee. How about a donut, too, while you are at it? Breakfast deity. One is never adequate. I'll have three donuts. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Bravo. Yes, yes, yes. Snaps. (laughs) Also, yes, your son is right. Why aren't there more (laughs) donut haikus? I'm glad you are the hero we need right now. (laughs) Yes. Always donut haiku. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> uh, Jared wrote, I spent almost my entire life up to age 27 within the collective borders of Idaho and Utah. Considering the predominant religious culture in those two states forbids alcohol consumption and looks side-eyed at caffeinated beverages, root beer is a very popular choice of pop. 
Outside of this region, up until relatively recently, it was a regular occurrence to go to a fast food place and ask if they have root beer to hear the most frustrating sentence a root beer connoisseur can hear. We have Dr. Pepper. Or something along those lines. Dr. Pepper is not root beer. It's carbonated prune juice, according to my dad. Also, we learned how to brew root beer much in the same way one might brew sun tea. We used Heyer's root beer concentrate, a glass cider jug, technically anything with a screw-on lid that wouldn't split from the pressure works, water, and sugar. We mixed it all up and set the jug outside to sit in the sun for a few hours. It was well known in our extended family on my dad's side that his mother made her root beer quite a bit stronger than anyone else in the family. Once, an older brother made jokes along the lines of one was enough, then you'd run around for a bit, then get kind of sleepy. You'd take a nap and wake up with a little headache. But one more glass of grandma's root beer, you'd feel a little better. (laughs) Having been given a beginner's home root beer brewing kit, I was motivated to give it a try. Someday, I fantasize about being able to develop my own unique formula. Also, until you pointed it out in the episode, I'd never noticed the mint flavor in root beer. But as soon as he said it, I recalled my sense memory of all the root beer I've drunk over the years and was able to retroactively notice and appreciate the mintiness. <laughs> I I love this. I love hearing from people making their own root beer. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, and, and you know, me too about the mint thing. Like, I had never really put it together. But then as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely mm-hmm. a note in there. Weird. Weird. I don't know. Like, I, I guess I guess it had all just blended together in my head. It was just like, roots. It's made of root stuff. <laughs> Mint's yes. not a root. Yes. I also made this unfortunate mistake that you pointed out where I asked Lauren if Dr. Pepper was root beer. So oh. <laughs> I've come a long way. <laughs> I've come a long way. You have, you have. We're gonna, and we're gonna get you some. We're gonna get you some soon. Yes, yes. In the meantime, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. 